Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fair and Partner Talk series. Uh, today we are very glad to have uh, two entrepreneurs. Uh, we have Joseph Shaw, the co-founder and director of operations at 360 Green, as well as uh, Dilver Singh, the uh, CEO and co-founder of 360 Green. So 360 Green is an environmental uh, startup uh, that is working in the carbon offsetting space. So uh, in this episode, we'll hear from them about their startup journey, uh, how they you know, got into entrepreneurship, as well as how they uh, went into the environmental sector and also what are some opportunities for young founders that are thinking of taking this uh, path less traveled. So a uh, very warm welcome to both of you. Uh, maybe you call, can start by uh, giving us a short introduction about yourself. Hi, uh, hi, Fehan. First of all, uh, thank you so much for having us uh, 360 Green on your, on your podcast. Uh, we've heard a lot about uh, Fehan Partners and what you guys do for entrepreneurs. So, uh, you know, keep, keep that going. Um, a short introduction of myself. I'm, three, I'm Bhavir Singh. Uh, I spent the past six years uh, in the environmental sustainability field, uh, typically in aviation and shipping. It started off uh, from consultancy um, and the development and, analy and analyzing of uh, aviation uh, emissions frameworks uh, with the EU ETS, the European Emissions Trade System, uh, as well as Corsia, the Carbon Offsetting and Reduction Scheme for International Aviation. Um, after that, I went into uh, verification uh, of uh, carbon emissions in those same fields, uh, which, which basically is uh, auditing uh, carbon emissions uh, for airlines and shipping companies based on a few frameworks, which then led me to where I am today with 360 Green, uh, which is particularly uh, focused on the carbon space and more towards, uh, towards nature-based solutions, which uh, we will cover later. Over to you, Joseph. Yeah. Thanks for having us, uh, Fehan. Uh, so just a little bit about myself. Uh, I spent the past three years in the in the fintech industry. Uh, pre like before, before embarking on this entrepreneurship journey myself, uh, I was actually working for a local fintech company that was primarily uh, doing digital currency exchange. Uh, and I would say that uh, I've, I've, I've always been doing backend operations for, uh, for, bo for both of the startups that I worked in prior, prior to my current venture. So um, the startup scene is not something that is, uh, that is new to me, but I, I've always been an employee of a startup. So uh, it, it was actually pretty refreshing for me to, to be here today uh, with, um, with, with uh, Dilvir uh, working on 360 Green together. I, I think it's very interesting, uh, you know, later we'll hear from both of you as well about your journey in the uh, NTU Vanny program. Uh, but uh, this is also a note, you know, for our listeners as well. Uh, a lot of times young entrepreneurs, they are afraid of doing a startup because they, are, they, they may not have certain skill sets. Uh, but uh, as we can see, there are a lot of startups. Uh, what is important for them is to have a very good co-founding team. And I think, uh, you know, all of you in 360 Green also uh, met your other co-founders uh, through this NTU Vanny program. Uh, which is also something that a lot of young founders now can look forward to because uh, we have Entler, we have uh, Entrepreneur First. Uh, these are matching programs that bring co-founders together. So uh, we'll talk about that a bit more later. Uh, maybe you can start off uh, with uh, Dilva sharing with us a bit about, you know, uh, what is the uh, current problem, you know, regarding uh, environmental issues in terms of carbon offset? Carbon offsetting and, uh, and trading scheme today, uh, the system that we see in place is, is very saturated. Um, 
believe it or not, uh, carbon trading actually originated in, in China after the Kyoto Protocol with the first exchanges uh, being in, in Beijing and, and Shanghai, if I remember correctly. And uh, after that, um, you know, with the Paris Agreement or the Paris Accord coming in strong uh, in 2005, uh, the the EU or the European Union actually uh, came up with uh, the EU ETS, the European Emissions Trade System, that actually pumped uh, you know carbon trading uh, up a notch, and that actually developed an entire system uh, which we place in a category under circular economy, uh, whereby you don't just have to pay a fine for emitting. You can even make a profit uh, on it by trading carbon offsets. So carbon credit or carbon offset technically is one ton uh, of carbon or CO2 removed from the atmosphere that funds an alternative project, uh, which could be anywhere else. Uh, why that is special is it has actually brought the entire world together and uh, allowed you know, projects to coexist in different uh, parts uh, of uh, the hemispheres. Um, if we talk about problems that are faced today in this field is because a lot of old techniques are still being used and you know, to change a framework is very tough. And with that, we need to see better onboarding of uh, technology. Uh, and that's what we hope to do. It's, it's, it's a market that uh, needs to be more traceable. Uh, it needs to be more reliant so that you know when you buy when you purchase a carbon offset or when you're looking at a certain project it has to it has to be viable uh it has to be very well verified and um although there are very good frameworks and measures uh put around this situation today uh i feel or many of us feel that uh, we can do better moving forward with uh, you know 2030 and 2050 uh, net zero goal emissions that we all see in the voluntary markets moving forward Hmm. So, okay, so uh, let me give my layman perspective of what I think carbon offset is. I think a lot of people also sort of are confused about what is carbon offset. Uh, in my understanding, carbon offset is about, uh, for example, uh, using certain credits to purchase, uh, for example, uh, is it, uh, could it be like some uh, area where I can actually plant more trees in order to generate more, uh, you know, uh, good uh, emissions in the environment? Uh, you know, in use in airline industries, etc. Is is that a, a correct understanding of what carbon offset is? Yes, technically you're right. Uh, although tree planting is just one very small way uh, of of an entire pie that you know constitutes to 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 carbon offsetting and and the generation uh, of uh, carbon offsets. There are currently about fifteen categories uh, or what, what we call sectorial scopes. Of, uh, of you know uh, carbon offsetting frameworks it covers everything from energy uh, to nature-based solutions and uh, within forestry which is what we are typically focused on because at the end of the day uh, preservation is the is the best uh, form of uh, securing or sequestering uh, carbon without you know uh, complicating a lot of systems uh, out there so we believe in preserving trees and preserving soil so that we can capture carbon and then use that avoidance uh, to further fund, uh, you know, many other projects uh, out there in the form of carbon credits and offsetting. I see, I see. So uh, 360 Green is, uh, from my understanding, fo uh, focused a lot on forestry. So I would say uh, maintaining preservations of uh, the ecosystem and the forest as well. Uh, so for 360 Green, uh, how did you conceive it and 
how do you approach this problem? Uh, what, what is unique about 360 Green that you're trying to solve you know, in, in the current environmental industry? Um, the, the, the first answer to your question is being uniquely uh, based uh, in Singapore where we see you know, the carbon markets uh, not just shifting, but, but growing significantly uh, in this region. And with Singapore actually currently being an up and coming carbon hub, uh, I believe that has created a lot of space for companies and startups uh, like us. And you know, as, as, as Asians, uh, I think there's a lot more that we can do to preserve uh, our space or to prevent uh, deforestation uh, or you know, mining of many sorts that just uh, releases carbon into the atmosphere. And uh, one of which we see every year, which is the haze uh, <laughs> we all suffer from uh, nearby, you know. So a lot of these measures can actually be better put in place to tackle such issues. And um, a few, there are actually a few reasons as to why, you know, we are focused on, on, on forestry. I think it's also a common interest. Um, and that's one of the things that led me uh, to this. Over the past six years, what I've noticed or what I've learned speaking to many individuals who have been in this field for decades uh, is everyone's eyes are set on forestry for some reason or for many reasons per se. Uh, but when it comes to getting on the ground uh, to get the work done, it's where you see many heads shaking. You know, every, every one of us just prefer uh, sitting in the, in the comfort zones of our offices or, or wherever it is. Um, you know, pledging to save the world. But I believe more action needs to be done and, and the marrying of technologies need to be implemented as soon as possible. Uh, I believe time is running out. And, you know, whenever any company or any firm is looking to offset their carbon emissions, the first thing they look to is a nature-based uh, solution. And the, the, num the number one bulb that lights up in their minds is, hey, forestry, let's look at that. And that's exactly why we chose uh, this field. And uh, further on, we want to improve on the gaps that we see in this field um, so that carbon offsets and carbon credits will be you know, better generated uh, and climate financing will be seen from a different light. Thank you, Dilber. That's very uh, insightful. Uh, you know, about how uh, this uh, entire environmental issue is being brought up now by, you know, a lot of up-and-coming startups like yourself. Uh, my next question is for Joseph. So, Joseph, as a director of operations in 360 Green, and also, you know, you're having so much experience doing operations in startups. What do you think is the most difficult part of operations in any young startup with a lack of resources? Because I think that is really something very challenging. So, perhaps you can share with us some of your uh, biggest challenges so far. Well, <laughs> when it comes to operational work for a startup, right, I, I think that uh, any, any aspiring entrepreneurs, they, they need to realize for themselves that uh, when you want to do a startup, everything is extremely, extremely hands-on. You know, you, you, you've got to be ready to get your hands dirty. And, that's, and it's, it, it's, it feels like, for me, for me, it feels like going back to school all over again because there are many times when uh, Dilvir and I, we, 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 will, we will have our own little meetings and discuss about, hey, what are, what's going to be the agenda for the rest of the week, right? It feels, it feels very much like there's a, there's a group assignment going on, except that we, we, don't have a, we don't have a lecturer or professor that we're, we're reporting to. Uh, really, a lot of times, uh, especially for me, because prior to this, I was in fintech space, right? Coming into the forestry um, 
industries or sector itself uh, basically meant that for the past six months or, or, or so since we since we started on this journey together, I've basically been, been just uh, crunching hard on, on information, trying to become um, a subject matter expert for the entire forestry, carbon forestry, uh, forest carbon projects, basically. So really that um, I think some of the defining traits that will help someone who wants to serve in an operational role would be uh, to, re to really have the, that initiative right? and to have that insight and foresight to be able to connect the dots as well. Because I think I think being an ops basically, um, you're, you're you're basically just firefighting every day. It does. It doesn't really have to be like an internal fire or an external fire, but may, maybe that that struggle is just with yourself. You know, you're just trying to learn things as fast as you can, uh, and and like you like like Han you mentioned earlier, uh, startups. You know, we are all strapped for cash, so uh, you you really have to make the best use of your time because um, Diovir also mentioned that, especially what we are trying to do here, it's it's a very time sensitive thing as well. Um, we we want to be the we want to be that that silver lining that people can look to right that you know what sure we understand climate change is something that is all doom and gloom so let us handle that doom and gloom for you so that you can like what you mentioned earlier be in the comforts of your of your office um and uh, pledge your money for for combating climate <laughs> yeah so yeah climate issue i think especially us in singapore we all feel it because the weather is getting really really hot you know, we are switching up our air conditioners at lower and lower temperatures. Uh, everything is creating some sort of carbon, you know, be it globalization, be it uh, people traveling around the world for business. Uh, so I, I agree, it's a very big challenge that, uh, you know, as a startup you're taking up. And oftentimes people don't understand that in a startup, uh, there's always this constant sense of fear, right? And somehow this fear drives you forward, you know. There are a few critical things when it comes to startups. Firstly, you need a good idea. Of course, most importantly, you need a great founding team and critically also very good execution. So sort of like in an operational role, like what you said, uh, you really need to have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, courage and also uh, the uh, wanting to learn, you know, being able to learn. Because I know for yourself, you came from more of a finance kind of background and transitioning into, you know, something environmental. I, I believe in the last six months, you probably have to read up a lot and, you know, get a lot of self-information. So in the startup world, I call this a school of hard knocks where, you know, we actually sort of like figure things out for ourselves. So, uh, you know, that's uh, very commendable on your side. Uh, so what are some of the tasks that currently you're focused on during this starting phase for 360 Green on the operational side uh, that you could perhaps share with us? Um, I think one of the most beautiful things that, uh, that we, we work together as a team, right, was to really try to try to understand because the, the entire scope of a forest carbon project, right, is, is insane. Uh, there are just so many different layers to it where, I mean, just, just to touch on some of it, right? Like, who, do you know who owns the land that you are going to be working your project on? And uh, so that legal aspect of things is something that uh, we, we need to wrap our heads around as well. And depending on which country or which state, right, this this thing can actually change, you know. Sometimes the, the land themselves are owned by private landowners, for example. Sometimes they are land, uh, they are, the land is owned by the government. Uh, and then uh, how do you navigate around this, uh, this kind of conversations? And then, of course, Internally, we also came up with uh, with our own framework to, to help each other understand the, the entire scope of the project as well. So we've really identified like what are some of the things that needs to be done effectively. Uh, as, as an ops guy, the, the, 
one of the things that we we definitely brainstorm on was we need to create our own internal uh, SOP, so to speak, for for handling forest projects. You know, uh, yeah. So that's just a bit of it, I would say. Okay, thank you for sharing, Joseph. Uh, my next question actually is for Duvia. So, you know, as a CEO of 360 Green, uh, a lot of your work is based on creating this vision for what the future of, you know, the environmental sector, especially in Singapore and Southeast Asia is going to be. So, uh, from all your experiences and currently, you know, uh, heading 360 Green, where, where do you see the environmental sector moving, you know, in the next five years, in the next 10 years? How is, you know, the, the future economy? You know, now we have seen a lot of digital transformation with, uh, you know, COVID happening. Uh, we are going to be using more carbon, you know, as humanity advances as well. So where do you see this environmental sector being in the next five or 10 years? What, um, good question, uh, Han. What you've just explained is, is basically the answer to why the carbon markets are developing so rapidly. Um, this I would call uh, the learning phase. Everyone is still learning to adjust. And uh, so for the next five years or so, you're going to see a lot of scrambling. You're going to see a lot of learning. You're going to see a lot of misinformation being passed around on how to get certain practices done. Uh, but that said, what is very hopeful uh, about this is the entire new generation that's coming up and, and sealing the gap with the old generation uh, that was, you know, over the past 40, 50 years trying to battle uh, climate change. Um, so you see the entire uh, match of uh, old techniques versus new techniques and techn technology that's coming in right now, like, uh, you know, DLT, blockchain, um, a lot of this, uh, you know, advanced manufacturing, how to manufacture products uh, in a certain way that will, that will reduce uh, shipping emissions, aviation emissions, and, and just internal, internal em uh, emissions. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, where everyone is headed. And so there is actually no definite answer to what can be formed within the next uh, few years. But what I would say the most important thing is to be done is to set your climate targets and to exceed the expectations that, uh, that you've set. Um, everyone's goal is to go carbon neutral, uh, but I've always believed that's not enough. We should be heading in a carbon negative uh, direction. And, uh, you know, with, with the passion of, of what we see internally, uh, even as a country, you know, over the past few years, uh, you might not have heard much uh, about sustainability, but over the recent months, uh, you see a lot of scrambling, there's a lot of news going around, there's a lot of projects being set up, a lot of frame, frameworks being talked about, uh, about, even about Singapore becoming a carbon hub. So everything's happening very, very rapidly, even with the 2030 green plan that we see in, in uh, that's been set up in Singapore. Um, I think we are headed in a very good direction. But as always, um, I feel we can all come together to do better. Thank you, Duval. Uh, so I know uh, you, uh, 360 Green, is actually an alumni of the Intuitive uh, Veni program. So for those that don't know, the Veni program actually is, is uh, the government is trying to put some funding, uh, Singapore government specifically, into helping uh, people who are potentially mid-career or even fresh career to take on entrepreneurship as a potential uh, career path. So 
personally for myself, I was also out of the intuitive system because I did a, a research at the university and they had this program where I could bring my research into the real world through commercialization. So uh, the university approach, I sort of understand, but uh, how did the how do you feel you know about this uh, intuitive Vanny program? What was the experience like? Maybe Joseph, you can share with us uh, first. You know what are some things you learned? How was the experience? And you know, would you recommend somebody that has no background in startups to join? Uh, I would say I, I'm a bit lucky because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I've been in startups for quite a while. So going to the intuitive program, right? There were a lot of things that um, when you are working in a startup, you're kind of forced to learn. Uh, so it was it was still quite refreshing to be able to go through some of the, the fundamentals of what is it like working in startup? Uh, how do you validate your business idea? Uh, and but then again, I would also say that I was extremely lucky to have met uh, Gilvier <laughs> on the on the program itself as well. And after we, because there was there was a um, they called it the speed dating session where all of us because of COVID we were all put into different um, breakout rooms, right? And then uh, that was how we would pitch the ideas across to um, whoever comes into your breakout room. Um, and then um, I was I was actually pretty interested in, in in environmental sustainability to begin with. So I went over to Dilvia's breakout room and we had a little conversation and then we just like, I mean, for me, it was love at first sight. I don't know about him, but <laughs> so anyways. Joseph, just make sure your wife is not beside you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I would say, yeah, definitely. Intuitive uh, actually structured the entire program uh, to be to be very conducive for for even even for someone like me who who already has a background in entrepreneur entrepreneurship and startups, right? But definitely for anyone who is new to mid like what you mentioned mid career or could even don't even have any knowledge about startups or entrepreneurship, I think it, it's a it's a good program as well because I I think what um, the different Uni is not just intuitive itself has done right. It's, it created a, a generalized program that can actually fit all, but that is could also be seen at its um, its its own uh, con as well. I would, the way I read. because some somehow after the entire program itself, uh, the very night we we actually were hoping for more. Um, we we wanted it to be a lot more intensive. We wanted it to be a lot more uh, informative for us as well because I feel like. We could have learned so much more about pitching to not just uh, VCs but also to uh, capital um, raising companies as well. You know. What about you, Dilvia? Uh, I mean, firstly, I feel very fortunate that we could take all the lessons over Zoom because, as you know, NTU is located smack in between Johor Bahru and Mars. Um, that's uh you know that's number one number two um i think more of such initiatives uh, should be put out because as a as a cosmopolitan country uh there is a huge need to birth more leaders uh be them industry leaders or you know seg uh, or, you know segmented uh, leaders um there were a lot of uh, we learned a lot from the program, you know, about what uh, how an entrepreneur how an entrepreneur should uh, should conduct himself on a day to day basis. Um, but uh, I would say a problem that we faced was uh, because we are purely uh, environmental based. Uh, so to tap on knowledge on the carbon markets uh, as well as sustainability uh, wasn't the easiest thing uh, to do. But 
the great thing was that the mentors uh, or the lecturers on the program always went out of their way uh, to you know provide as much uh, help or assistance uh, as, as they could. So I see a lot of people benefiting from 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 this program as as we did. It was a good uh, I would say uh, a kickstarter for us. Mm, I agree with uh, you know whatever you said about how you know Singapore being such a small nation, we need to create more leaders. And uh, I believe that how we create more leaders is to have a more uh, entrepreneurial type of ecosystem uh, where we can get more young people to say that, you know, they are willing to take charge. They are willing to have this, uh, you know, attitude of learning, uh, being that uh, like what Joseph uh, shared with us earlier about how, uh, you know, he didn't know anything about the environmental sector, but, you know, he spent the last six months intensely studying, intensely reading about it to, you know, grow his own knowledge as well. So uh, that's definitely something that uh, I'm pushing as well. Uh, growing Singapore uh, as a startup nation, uh, you know, on par with a lot of other uh, innovative uh, nations in the world. So uh, I'm very impressed with what 360 Green has achieved so far. Uh, Dilvia, uh, I saw your photo taken with our Minister of uh, Trade and Industry, Chan Jun Singh. Uh, so 360 Green, you know, <laughs> being one of the uh, finalists in the SG Startup Founder Ignite. So how did you, you know, complete this entire journey to the point where you're, you know, taking a photo next to the minister? What were some of the biggest challenges when you were, you know, building this startup in the Veni program? The biggest challenge was I didn't know he was going to be there until an hour before. <laughs> um, a challenge, uh, I mean, I, I would go as far as to say uh, that the team that is together behind me uh, on this entire effort moving forward has reduced many challenges that I, I, I could have faced. Because uh, one of the problems, one of the main problems I face, the reason I came on board this program is I spent the, the past, uh, you know, five, six years primarily overseas, um, handling all of their environmental issues. Uh, and now that I'm back home, um, what do I do, you know? Uh, so putting together a team was the toughest thing. And uh, that's exactly what Benny sought uh, for me. Um, and Joseph, uh, individuals like Joseph are living proof that nothing is impossible. Um, everything is on par uh, with learning and, and knowledge is out there. Uh, just pick it up as you go, find it wherever you can, uh, whether it's the easy way, uh, whether it's the hard way, whether you're sitting down listening to a lecture and absorbing it and then taking on an examination or, you know, uh, Googling, watching videos, uh, speaking to people directly, interacting with uh, similar industry leaders. Um, learning is learning and there's always a solution, right? So, I mean, that's, 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 what, I, that's, that's what I feel. Uh, as, as for challenges uh, moving forward, it's always about resistance for change, especially being in, in such a niche uh, industry. There are a lot of questions, there are a lot of doubts that surround uh, sustainability for once, uh, for one, you know, um, carbon credits, carbon offsetting as well. You know, there'll be people uh, or individuals that question the viability of even offsetting and, and, and stuff. And going back to, to what you said earlier, you know, in Singapore, we want to reduce uh, the, the rising uh, temperatures. And how do we solve that? By, by turning on our air conditioners, <laughs> which is the biggest uh, 
one of the biggest factors in, in giving rise to uh, global emissions. Yeah, very good points that you brought across there. Uh, I believe that all of us in society, uh, be it, uh, you know, we are, we are someone that is doing our own business or we are just a lay person, uh, we should, you know, really uh, understand that uh, environmental issues is something that we have to solve both as a society as well as, a, as in the business world, right? Because a lot of times, if you look, a lot of resources are being used by businesses around the world. If as consumers, we support businesses that don't do any uh, environmental uh, offsetting, for example, we are also supporting uh, dam damaging of the ecosystem and the future uh, of our children or even grandchildren. So back to the final question for both uh, Joseph and Dilvia, what is one uh, advice you have for people uh, who are thinking of doing, going to entrepreneurship right now, but have some hesitation or fear? What is one one of your advice that you can share with them? Uh, maybe Joseph, you can share with us your Joseph. insights first. Yeah. Uh, reach out to fairandpartners.com. <laughs> I mean, jokes aside, uh, definitely you have to, uh, as, as an up and coming, uh, or even if you're considering becoming an entrepreneur, right, the first step is to take that leap of faith. I think that's my, my advice. Uh, and also, you have to find someone who's also like-minded as well because, uh, you know, you, you, as an entrepreneur, you need a lot of support, not just uh, emotionally, but also um, on on like how you can how you can grow as an individual as well, uh, and what are some of the best resources for you to tap into to further your your journey. Yeah, uh, Dilvia. My advice, uh, you know, we've had this conversation before, uh, Han. And, and, and I remember telling you, uh, you know, I, I, I feel I'm not in a position to, to guide, but I will go as far as to say, uh, kind of building on what uh, Joseph said, you know, this, this leap of faith. Um, I think the most important thing uh, is the ability to crunch your ego. Uh, as an entrepreneur moving forward, is, is, it's an ego game you know, about what you can, there's a lot of learning to be done. And uh, it's, it's all about learning, absorbing, listening, and then applying it. Um, as an entrepreneur, there's no such thing as an off day. Of course, you reward yourself and give yourself breaks every now and then. Uh, but there really is no off day. Um, and also, um, making sure your idea or what you're doing is viable. Uh, that is very important. You know, exploring, the, don't just explore an idea, explore the possibility of that idea becoming time sustainable. Uh, because eventually when you set up a business or when you start an entity, uh, it is with the idea that it's going to go on and on and on forever and just, you know, pass on from generation to generation, be what cost. Uh, so you're going to have a lot of these, uh, you know, in mind. It's, it's not just something you blindly put your feet into. And, and just move move forward and really you, you just you just got to give it your all and have the correct support the right mentors uh, that motivate you when they should and criticize you when they should and you should as again back to my first point without any ego be able to absorb all of that fully agree with your points uh, as an entrepreneur we need to be able to uh, take our passions bring it out into the real world uh, through good execution, having a great team behind you, and also having self-belief in your vision of what the future could be. 
Uh, once again, I would like to thank uh, Dilvia and Joseph for being on the Fair and Partner Talk Series podcast. Uh, it's very inspiring to hear your story, how you went from an NTU Vanny program into being one of the Startup SG Founder Ignite uh, finalists, as well as you know your journey forward. And I wish all the best for 360 Green. Thank you so much. Thank you for, thank you for having thank us. Thank you, Han. Thanks for having us.